Welcome everyone to another episode of Aussie Tech Eds. It's episode 479. Yes, happy St. Patrick's Day. I hope you've uh, all gone out and, I don't know, had a couple of pints of Guinness. Well, maybe not. I don't like them, but uh, I could. I should have a couple of VBs. Would that do? I don't know. I uh, hope so. All right. It's the 17th of March, 2016. So we've got a big, big show. We've got lots of stories to get through. And uh, we are brought to you every week by athwebhosting.com.au. Shared services, websites, servers in Australia, in Sydney, actually. So right on the Telstra backbone, uh, if you can trust them, seeing that the uh, 4G went out in some parts of the country again today. So I wonder what's going on there. All right, but to help us get through all the stories, let's try and uh, pick up our panel tonight. And first of all, on screen is Eric. Hi, Eric. Hello. Caught me by surprise. Oh, sorry, you were you were on already on the screen. That's why you're first. Yeah. Sorry, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. What have you been up to? Anything exciting? The usual. Yeah. Working, doing a few pieces, buying new furniture, which I love. Oh yeah, that's always good news, isn't it? Yep. All right. Uh, and who else? Who's the second one there? Stuart. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good, thanks. Now, we're on the, uh, the, the we've gone off the Zoom, uh, the Skype this week. We're back on the Zoom. So uh, the picture could be a bit fluctuating, but uh, we'll see how we go. I just got to try and make sure you guys change around all the time, but I'll work that out as we go. Right. At the moment, I'm stuck on Eric. Lord Templar has raised hey. his hands. Well, put your hand down. Okay, <laughs> this will be fun. Leaving? All right, and uh, lower hand. What's that mean? Okay, Shane, how you going? Yeah, good. <laughs> there we go. If if Eric stop raises his hand, we'll keep uh, changing. Um, yeah, nice. You, your background changes every week. I reckon. Please. Shane's the color of it. It looks now. I, I looked at the video last week and I looked like an Oompa Loompa, so I've just adjusted the um, <laughs> camera setting. So now, a little bit more kind of. Now, how's the MBN going for you? It's going good. Um, I have currently got. I'm obviously talking to you guys. I've got two streams going. Um, I'm recording as well through the um, VMix software, and my upstream is only at seven point three megabits per second. Right, good stuff. I'm right. jealous. We still hate you. <laughs> yeah, we, we still hate you. Don't worry. How, and quickly, just um, an update for all your fans. How's your legs? Um, the legs getting better. The redness is gone. The swelling's going down. Um, I'm still popping uh, antibiotics like the jelly beans. Right. right. Uh, what else has happened this week? I am, and Eric kind of knows more of the story, but I'm investigating or joining uber as one of their drivers nice uh, and as soon as i kind of got part way through the the process thinking i'm not going to get a regular job yeah. i get a phone call this afternoon from um active foundation wanting me to come in for an interview so nice um, i'll still do the thing but i'll just do that as more of a supplemental income rather than my mm. main income i think if it was my main income i'd start yeah. Now, uh, look, I know uh, people on the video, they're probably getting, or probably everywhere, probably getting some audio ins and outs. That's uh, something to do with the, the Zoom that we're using. So I can't really do too much about that. So let's just hope that it sort of keeps to a minimum. But uh, look, if you want to listen to the show, you can also listen on the AussieTechRadio.com, which is, uh, you can search that up, Aussie Tech Radio, on the TuneIn Radio app, which is iOS, Android, and Windows 10. See us on the Facebook 
page, .com, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads and youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads. And show notes are at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast. All right. Now get us on Twitter as well at uh, Aussie Techheads and Aussie Tech News if you want. Uh, I'll go through some other things in a sec, but let's try the first story of the week, which is Xbox, an Xbox story. Looks like they're finally, as this as the story heads, uh, Xbox finally opens the door for multiplayer across consoles. So that's uh, very interesting. I think it's pretty much self-explanatory what they mean by that. And uh, look, that, that's probably a good idea. Don't, would everyone agree? Like, I don't know if it will happen. My 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 money would be. I don't think Sony and Nintendo will, will let it happen. What do you guys think? What Eric? Do you you got probably not into games too much? Don't care. Oh, I've got an Xbox One here, but it's not a bad idea, really. If you want to, you know, if you've got a mate who's on PS3 or 4 and you've got an Xbox to mm. play the same game, that's not a bad idea. I think that's a good idea. Oh, that's a great idea, but I, just whether the the big the big heads will come together. Um, uh, I think it's all part of, um, Yeah, sorry, Stuart. On, sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I think it's all part of Microsoft's sort of big plan to sort of move everything towards one, one OS, basically. So you could have PC games... A PC game is playing against Xbox gamers because they're all on the same mm. essentially OS. So yeah, do you it, think it's because they're losing the operating system game? Uh, Maybe that's their way of getting back in the game. I don't know. I think the Xbox Live generally has just been a very popular um, platform. It's been a great success for Microsoft. So they just it has. It's the best gaming platform out. I don't know yeah. why others wouldn't want to join that. Oh, well, they yeah. want to make their own money from their own Sony Live or whatever they got. Yeah, but how's that working out? <laughs> well, actually, they don't make yes. money from it. That's free, isn't it, the P- the PlayStation world? I think they charge for it now, don't they? Oh, do they? I think I it used know. to be free, but I thought that they may have gone more towards the Xbox model. Oh, okay. Okay. Probably makes the sense. subscription model. Yeah. Yeah. But, but anyway, this one um, uh, goes on to say that... Charla, uh, no, 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 no. Rocket League. Apparently, Rocket League is a game, and it's apparently it's a, soccer, a, game. a soccer game. Yes, they they say here it's pretty good. Have you played it? I have played it. It's, yeah, it's it's awesome. Oh, all right. Oh, sweet. And, is that an Xbox game? It's yes, it's on Xbox and it's on. It was on PC first, so I first played it um, through through Steam. Right, okay. right. So it uh, would be the first to take advantage of the new functionality enabling cross-network play between Xbox One and PC players with an open invitation for other networks as well. So, yeah, whether or not that you know the other heads are going to come in, the Sonys and that, who knows? But as you said, Stuart, I think it's just a natural progression that Xbox and PC just play together. It's just uh, just how it's going to be. Well, the Xbox One has gone to a Windows 10 type interface, hasn't it? Have you, are you, I haven't updated our Xbox One yet. Apparently it has. Oh, we haven't turned it on for a while. So yeah. when I do, I'll probably get four days of updates. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, make sure it's you're It's kind on. of similar. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, cool. And um, Shane, do you have Xboxes or Playstations or anything like that? No, we do. Um, we have the Xbox 360 and Xbox One. We actually got two Xbox 360s because we bought... One without a hard drive, and then Regan wanted one with a hard drive, and then the Xbox One came out. So we've got, and we've got an original one. So we've got every Xbox known to man. Well, we. I've got a feeling that you may have too many Xboxes. <laughs> mm. yeah, well, yeah, just, I'm just, just guessing. 
At one point in time, I had one of the Xboxes, I think the one without the hard drive, in the bedroom attached to the TV so I could watch, like, movies off of Xbox Live and all that kind of stuff. But somehow in the in the move to Mandurah, I kind of missed out on it. Uh, and, and, soon <laughs> to, and soon to have another one to the collection, Shane. Uh, but we'll have to see about that. All right. That was a joke. You might not get that one. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> it was a... I'll tell you later. It was a, a in personal joke. Now, um, okay, what? Who else have we got here? <laughs> what? Yeah, you might have to stand up, Shane. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> what's Stuart? What have you brought to us this week, please? Yeah, well, I guess so. Speak uh, so keeping on the gaming gaming theme. This isn't really like a, a recent article particularly, but I, but I just happened to get an email about it today that sort of sparked my my uh, my interest again. But um, Munzee is what I was going to talk about. And I'm not sure whether you've heard about Munzee before, but it's a it's a global scavenger hunt that is done using your smartphone, and it uses QR codes. So yeah. if you've ever heard of geocaching before, it's it's kind of a bit like geocaching, but rather than having to dig up a box somewhere that that has stuff in it, this system is you just have to find a little QR code, which is like just a little little sticker right. that that somewhere, but you but you can track it on your phone using GPS. So, so you, you, you're at home, you have to do the stickers at home and you go around and plaster them everywhere. Yeah, you don't, well, you don't, you don't have to deploy your own stickers if, if you don't want to because, because, because there's, there's already 4 million out in the world oh, now. Right. And so, and, and so well, there's, there's, you'll be busy for a while. Brisbane, there's right. some down the Gold Coast and so on. And it's just a, it's a, it's a bit of a fun activity to get, to get yourself outside walking or cycling or something like that and looking for these things yeah there was and, a game uh, there was a game from google i'm not sure what it was uh warlock used to play it and he put a song yeah another it. one you mean yeah i tried it i couldn't work it out and I, I didn't have the time to sit and try and learn i looked i don't know how to work this but look i might I know give what you mean. yeah i might give this yeah. one a go eh? munzy.com m-u-n-z-e-e.com yeah yeah cool yeah well that yeah, well, the one from Google was, um, I think that really only worked if you had groups of people as well. You, you, you'd sort of get, you'd sort of team up with people to actually achieve anything. Whereas, whereas Munzee, you don't, you don't need to, ha- to, to play with, with anyone else. You can just go out by yourself mm. and Yeah, because the, the geo hunts or geolocators or whatever they, you call that, that's gone off. There are heaps of people are doing that sort of stuff. But this is another, yeah, this right. is another fun little one. I, yeah, I might give that a go, see if I can find any around Rabina. Uh, I think it's heaps of fun. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's well worth it. Yeah, good. Uh, Shane, are you into Munzies or geolocating or anything like that? No, I'm trying to think of the name of the game that um, Warlock was talking about. But um, this one, the one that I think he was talking about is where he actually went and you know, you'd go around Melbourne or Sydney or whatever and take over different Ingress. land. Yeah, Ingress. Ingress, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, look, I couldn't, I couldn't work it out, so I had to, to brush it. Uh, look, there's, there's probably, there's probably no point in asking Eric if he's, if he's in the geo location. I imagine no, that'd be true, Eric. Correct. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Let's move on, Shane. What have, we've got? So many stories. I'm, I'm struggling yep. here tonight with all these stories. <laughs> but Shane, what have you, what have you brought to us this week? I'm just going to warm up with a quick story about Dick Smith. There's just a bit of an update on um, on the scenario with them. As we know, they are kind of gone into receivership and um, they're closing down, but the, they've confirmed that extended warranties will be honoured. 
the company Good. that provided external warranties, Dick Smith, from 2008 up until the reseller's closure in February, has confirmed it will continue to honour valid claims across Australia and New Zealand. The well, warranty- so they should because people paid for that. I know. Yeah, exactly. So- uh, the warranty group stated that includes uh, claims sold before and after the chain went into receivership. Um, it also went on to say, or touch on, I know that someone else has got a like more detail of, about this point, but it also went on to say that the online retailer Kogan had purchased Dick Smith's online business. And I just happened to also hear on one of our, um, our not our other podcast, but on the other podcast on the radio, the Geeks Interrupted podcast, they stated that customers will be contacted and given the chance be removed from the customer database before it's given to any potential buyer. So I know that we kind of raised that as a concern a mm. couple of weeks ago, but like they'll be given the option to, to jump ship. Yeah. Well, look, I wouldn't care as long as they don't bombard me with spam and emails. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's yeah, right. That's me right. a newsletter once a week with uh, specials. That'll be, I don't care. That's so, right. so Kogan, he didn't buy the whole box and dice, did he? He just bought... <laughs> Uh, he just bought the trademarks, the online business, the customer and loyalty databases, uh, the website and domain names. So he's, he's bought everything but the... Yeah, all, basically all the intellectual property. Yeah, so everything but the, the this actual bricks and mortar, but which wouldn't have been owned anyway. They put, well, rented it anyway. <laughs> uh, so the effect on suppliers when Kogan revives Dick Smith's online retail store on June 1st is yet unknown. Kogan said that suppliers who previously refused to supply Kogan, <laughs> revenge, <laughs> um, to avoid a backlash from from traditional retailers such as Harvey Norman and JBIFI, may be more willing to supply to uh, the his now owned DickSmith.com.au. Uh, now, Ruslan, our mate Ruslan Kogan, said he would continue to run Dick Smith's online store as a separate entity to his own business. And... Uh, he said he went on to say that Dick Smith is an iconic Australian brand and we're thrilled to be able to keep it alive as well as Aussie owned and run. We will invest in building and nurturing the Dick Smith community and honour the great legacy of the Australian business. He went also on to give a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a, a reminisce of his childhood where he uh, reminisced about going to the local Dick Smith store to, to buy his little electronic pieces and his little bits and bobs to uh, <laughs> go and put every, his little toys and buzzers and door things together. All right. Is that a dog well, like in here? I'm on their website now. They've got, they've got a sale on. It's Kogan or Dick Smith. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, yeah, I think, yeah. Look, there was a there was a thing up here, a retailer up here, Clive Peters, I think it was, and like he went bust. Mm. And then uh, there was a big hoo-ha because apparently when he went bust, like if you went in the day before and even like bought a TV or put a big deposit on or paid cash but hadn't had it delivered, it was gone. Oh. Gone. That's, that's oh. right. Yeah, that's a bit harsh. That's, oh. So, that's that's just wrong. But yeah, it is, isn't it? I'm not sure what the outcome was because there's a Harvey Norman there now. So whether or not Harvey bought the Clive Peters and then went on to um, uh, to honour those sort of things, you'd find it a bit hard to believe, wouldn't you, that someone would come and go, oh, you bought something from another person the other day? Yeah, we'll give you that then. No worries. You honestly think Jerry Harvey, who's the tightest man in the world, would mm. honour that, considering he drives a 25-year-old Lexus? Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> he, um, the money he has, and he still drives a 25-year-old Lexus, yeah. wears brown suits. And, and never eats passion fruit. 
All well, right. there you go. Yep, that's just what he does. <laughs> that's what he doesn't do. <laughs> okay, uh, how to avoid... Now, this story here was sent in to me by, I think it was called Steve in Thailand. Uh, he obviously keeps up to date on the Aussie tech scene. But the Android fingerprint scanners can be fooled by an inkjet printer. So, oh, what a surprise. Yeah. There's a bug in an Android phone. I'm shocked. <laughs> yes, well, well, don't don't be too shocked because I think there was it can be also applied to some of the Apple phones as well. Nah, but, never. <laughs> not, with the, not with the cookie monster at the helm. But the two leading Android phones, the Samsung Galaxy 6S and the Huawei Honor 7, uh, found that both devices could be unlocked using a fingerprint printed from a regular inkjet printer. So researchers were apparently able to unlock the phones after scanning fingerprints of several fingers and printing them using special conductive ink and onto paper, which is used normally used to print electric, electronic circuitry. So there you go. I'll find the bit where it's going across the Apple business. Um, well, a 3D printer could do the same thing then. I might have selectively left the Apple part out, but there, there was yeah, good on you. <laughs> there was a mention about the iOS, uh, the iPhone six, I think it was. Yeah, well, it must have been the six, mustn't it? I tell you what, if you're going to go to that much trouble, you deserve to steal my stuff, really. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'll FBI, give it to you. FBI's you're going, going to do much trouble. trouble. I go, mate, great effort, mate. You know, well done. Went to all that trouble. Here, just have it. Take it. Take it. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll open it up further for you. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, look, I have got something else about uh, security in the iPhones, but look, let's go back over to Stuart. And we'll get something else. We'll come back to iPhone security because Eric has got an iPhone story as well. But um, oh, do I? Yes, I don't you? I do. Cool. I do. Well, let's go, Stuart. Apple. Okay. Which oh, you, one gonna... do you want to go to first? Okay, Stuart. Are you ready to do one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, actually, okay. if, if, we're, if we're talking about uh, iPhones, I saw something that was quite interesting that the U.S. Army are doing, and they're turning to a, a, a phone app to prevent base attacks. So right. on um, military bases. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So there's, there's this there's this uh, there's this app system called iWatch Army. Yeah. And it's to prevent mass shootings and other crimes at over 20 domestic bases in the US. Wow. The software forwards it's based on the FBI's own crime codes to the appropriate unit in less than eight seconds, or faster than a 911 call. So I can imagine how. Uh, how useful that could be if there was some emergency on a base. It sounds a bit like uh, if I'm not sure whether you subscribe to those uh, to those weather warnings where you get a weather warning on your phone. Yeah. So it's 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 I guess it's it's a it's a kind of a similar system where if you're working in a base and you might just get this alert on your phone that there's some incident happening at the moment. That would that would surely. That's pretty good. Uh, I think it's a good idea. But how does it? How would it work? Like you just push a button, or what does it do? No, be, someone would be in the the command, you know, like uh, central command, the communications area, and they'd have the software, uh, the back end to the app there. You know, you can develop apps internally for corporates, same sort of thing, and the, and all and they'd be down. All the army personnel would probably be compulsory to get the app, I suppose, or hmm. you know, because you know, when you do corporate uh, apps. And you, you know, they hand out the phones. The, and there's certain apps that are on there that you can't take off. Like for Apple, for example, with Apple, it'd be Mail and Safari and Maps yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, right. With the Army, it'll be an app that can't be taken out, and that'd be their app that Stuart's talking about. And uh, if there's an incident, um, Central Command would just 
uh, send a warning out and it just gets push notification straight to the phone. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, as long as it works, that's the main thing. But it, Great it, it's it's crazy that you've even got to think about doing it, isn't it? Like, oh, let's let's build an app about try and stop mass shootings and stuff. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, look, it it's is crazy. crazy, but unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Everyone's got them now. I mean, hmm. even my kids' schools have, have got a an app that I've downloaded on my phone, and you know, it's push notification if um if, if something that needs to be you know general announcement or something like that. Yeah, okay. Well, I think that that uh, US Army app, um, that, that has actually derived from a, a more sort of uh, generic neighborhood watch type sort of a, an app. So there's there's really neighborhood watch apps out there in certain certain places in the US. Right. Yeah. If you yeah. if you see something that, that, that is a bit odd or, or whatever, then, then people can report things going on in their own area. Mm. So yeah. And it gets pushed out to the other people. Yeah, and so the U.S. Army is really just extending that further and, and making it more specific to them. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, well, anything's a good idea if it can help uh, save lives and stuff, isn't it? Um, Shane, you got an iPhone story, so I'll get to Shane's iPhone, then Eric's iPhone. All right, well, mine's <laughs> just a continuation of the ongoing saga. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. God, I'm going to yawn, aren't I? The FBI. <laughs> what are they yeah. doing? All right, so the gloves are off. The FBI argues that can force Apple to turn over iPhone source code. So it's not just after them to change things, the whole thing. Department of Justice filed its response to Apple's appeal by claiming it could compel Apple to hand over the source code for iOS, uh, iOS itself. So the government could make the modifications themselves. The DOJ is accusing Apple of using the security of the um, phone as a marketing ploy. And it goes on to say that the second sentence of their filing reads, this burden, which is not unreasonable, is a direct result of Apple's deliberate marketing decision to engineer its products so that the government cannot search them even with a warrant. It's basically saying that Apple's done this on purpose purely just to keep the government out when obviously that's not the case. Well, uh, it goes on. Yeah. I was going to say, you know my thoughts on this. I think that they should be, that Apple should be made to open it up. I think maybe getting the source code. Oh, what's this? Uh, in 10 minutes. Oh, we've got 10 minutes. We've got to start the chat again. I forgot about that. <laughs> okay. Um, Let's move that over there. So what's going to happen in 10 minutes, And because we're not paying for this, so in 10 minutes we're going to lose the call and we'll have to start one again. Uh, so, yeah, so my thoughts on on uh, this is that I don't know about the source code. I don't think the FBI should probably get the source code. That's probably more like uh, intellectual property, which they probably shouldn't have. But I think like that... Shane, like Shane said a few weeks ago, why can't a few engineers go into a locked room with FBI agents and say, right, we'll open it up for you. That's right. You take the information that you need. That's right. Um, and then when you've got it, we're going to shut it down. Then look, every, so difficult? Every, why, is Apple be, why is Apple being so, you know, stubborn about it? Yeah, like every piece of uh, documentation you get from banks, from your health insurance, from, uh, from your, I don't know, the, the local video store, if they're still around, that anywhere in there, it'll say, we won't disclose your information, your personal information, unless required to by law. That's on just about everything, yeah. and and the law. That's on pretty much everything. That's right. The law can come in. They should be able to come in, and say to Apple, "We don't want to know how you do it. We don't care how you do it. Just tell us what's on the phone." And I think I think that should exactly. be. Able, I think that that's just fair and just, you know. But anyway, that's I my think thoughts. Apple's. 
All one big publicity stunt. I hate to say it. Yeah. Well, was was apparently came out on the side of Apple. As, Apple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has to, doesn't he? Well, no. He bags the iWatch. Doesn't like the iWatch. Yeah, I know. Didn't he ever? <laughs> I'll just I'll quickly kind of finish the the last couple of points off. Yeah. Um, guys also accused Apple of being a literal threat to American democracy. Writing Apple's rhetoric is not only false but also corrosive to the very institutions that are best able to safeguard our liberty, our rights, the courts, the Fourth Amendment, uh, long-standing president and venerable laws, and the de- de- uh, dem- democratically elected branches of government. So the the rhetoric and the and the then fighting words are getting. Uh, getting more and more kind of intense well, the main I'll, argument oh sorry, sorry I'll, I'll have a comment after after you finished the main argument is over how much burden it, it is apple um to either break the security of ios or provide the source code um fbi also stated that it had uh not gone after the source code thus far because this would have um require apple to hand over its private electronic signature indicating that it was uh, doing Apple a favour, but it would go down that road if it required. And then the story just went on to basically um, go back in time a little bit where it talked about the uh, the government's demands in the, um, I think it was called PRISM, this kind of law that they instituted a, a while ago. And as a result, a couple of companies actually folded because they said, well, rather than actually follow this law, we're just going to shut shop. And one of those was uh, Lava, Lava Bit, a secure email provider. Who, um, yeah, like I said, provided secure email. I think it was the same email provider that um, Snowden was using. And rather than comply with this new PRISM law, they just said, all right, we'll just shut shop. Well, I hope, I hope Apple doesn't use all their, all their fight at, at this early stage because if uh, Trump gets uh, the presidency... They're going to be forced to make their iPhones in America. <laughs> I don't think no, they won't. They're not. They won't force to do that. Well, why not? You can't. Why not? Because it's against the Constitution to tell a business what they can and can't do. They're not in communist China or okay. communist Russia. It's yeah. like someone okay. saying to you, okay. your kids are going to that school. Okay, well, okay. Well, he's not, he's school. not going to force them, but he, he will say if... If you're going to bring them back into the country, there's going to be 35% tax on them. That's, that's... Well, that's the case now. That's why they don't bring it back into the country. Mm. But anyway, well, that's that's a side note. But uh, um, any comments, Stuart, on that one, on the FBI? I think we've sort of pretty much done it all, haven't we? Yeah, no, I'm just spent on that uh, on that story. <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, yeah, job, it'll, it? it'll, I think it'll happen. Uh, the FBI will get what they want. All right, um, Eric, what have you got? iPhone 7 pictures. Oh, look, it's all rumour and innuendo and sources close to the source. Rubbish. That's how the it iPhone is. The iPhone SE, it's called SE, this new one. Why? Launches okay. next week. It says here it launches next week. Have you heard anything about launch no. next week? I no. I haven't heard anything. No, no, but I'm, you know, usually it's out in the news. Oh, next week is a big Apple event. I haven't heard anything. Well, it's, <clears> funnily <throat> enough, uh, Garth emailed me today, and because I said I might might be on the Aussie Mac Zone next week, and he said, "Oh, that'd be great because that you'll be just you'll be after the launch." And we'll see. Who knows? Well, I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard of it. 
I knew they were having something, but it hasn't been really widely promoted. But that's the cut down phone, isn't it? The SE it's is the like cut a cut down version, the SE four yeah. inch smartphone. Um, oh, the, right, right, right. But right. I say, but a beast will follow it. The beast in question is the iPhone 7 Pro, apparently. A new 5.5 inch. What's 5.5 inch? What's the iPhone 6 Plus? What's that measurement? Oh, I think that's 5.5, isn't it? I thought that's what I thought. Yeah. Or is it 5? Maybe it's 5. I don't know. Don't know. No, I think it's 5.5, and, and, the, and the normal iPhone is 4.7 or something like that. Yeah, yeah well, so, the, so the, the 4 inch then would be what? The size of an iPhone 5. So we're back to that now. I'll tell you, once you, I picked up an iPhone 3 the other day, and you just go, how small is this thing? Like, it's just it's tiny. It's tiny. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, look, rumours abound, so keep an eye out, because you, you never know. You might, you might, there might be some sort of event happening next week. Who knows? We'll find out next week. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it for it. Apparently, it's going to have 128 gigabyte of storage, but... We, I mean, Glenn, a couple of years ago, you brought this up saying it just, it's pointless to have massive storage on an iPhone these days. And that was about two years ago you said this. Hmm. And it's true because everything's streamed now. Yeah, well, that's right. You, know, you, you don't need the storage. Podcast, you don't have to save your podcast. You can stream that. Um, you, can, you, know, you don't need to keep your photos on your phone. Yeah. It can be uploaded out and deleted off your phone. Hmm. Um, you don't need. Music you can you can stream you can maybe have some songs on there, movies you don't I don't know anyone that watches a movie on an iPhone, they tend to watch them on an iPad. Yeah, if they're yeah. gonna watch. Yeah, I don't. I, I watch. I don't, um, I don't see the point of a 128 gig um, drive. No, not that big. Maybe 32 gig. Yes, because you're taking you're That's taking. No, 32 or 64. There's no 32 these days, is there? But the 64. No, they've gone up to 64. Yeah, 16 or 64, yeah. Yeah, look, 16 could be a bit small for me, just with photos, and you don't want to be having to, I suppose, drag them off every five seconds. Yeah, you're constantly dragging off once a week, that's right. Yeah, but, but yeah, 32 was the perfect one. Yes. But they got yes. rid of it, so you got to, you got no choice but to upgrade yourself. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, okay, so sticking with Apple there, they reportedly, how's this, The uh, Apple reportedly goes to the Google Cloud and sh- shuns away the Amazon. Now, that, that's a bit you of a turn up. Oh, did I? Oh, well, you, you can yeah. go on. No, no, you go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I didn't have much to say about it, but you, you won't be able to fill us in further. I was just going to... No, I, I don't have anything to say about it other than what you just said. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on. I sound like Bill Shorten. Now, I don't know what she said, but I support what she said. I just I just wanted to say that uh, it's a bit of a turn-up, isn't it? Remember Jobsy, he, didn't he say when he was alive, he goes, I'll go to my grave hating Google. They will never, ever be on the platform or something they got rid of the the google search they got rid of the what the 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 um the youtube apps maps. maps that's right they, well, got, that's yeah, right yeah they got rid of the maps as well and now they they're go- going now they're going to uh the alphabet's cloud so there you well, go see the thing is commercial commercial reality meets disloyalty which one do you go for yeah, well that's right. Monster, he's not even He's in the grave five minutes and Cookie Monster's off and running. But at the same time, it's commercial reality. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stuart, do you have any, any comments? Google, Apple? No? Yeah, no, I mean, it's 
I mean, I think it's great if they can uh, if they can get everything on if if, if they can get all, all the platforms working together. Really, it's it, it's yeah. it, it's silly when they have all these all these divisions. It's uh, it's 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 not good for consumers. No, that's right. Like even yeah, when you look at uh, the cloud storage choices, you know, you got your Dropbox and your iCloud, Google Drive, there's <laughs> heaps of them. Yeah, there's just heaps yeah. of them. So it's yeah, too many now. Yeah, yeah. Well, they said it. Apple said in 2014 that it relied on Microsoft Azure. Hmm. So they've been using Microsoft for some time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's just that was a quick little one. And okay. Oh, now there there we go. Thank you for choosing Zoom. We've been logged out. So we're gonna have to. Uh, Stick with us here because I'm going to start it again and uh, wait till we get the invite thing happening. I, don't, I normally edit this out of the podcast, but I'm not going to this week because uh, it takes too long. So I'm just going to sit here and talk and entertain. Think of it as a commercial break um, and we'll, uh, we'll be back in a sec. How does that sound? <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be back in a sec. Uh, what can I tell you about the, the Aussie Tech Radio? I told you about the Aussie Tech Radio. Find us on the TuneIn Radio. Uh, you can, uh, the paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper. And uh, what else can I tell you about while we're in our uh, our forced break? Because you would only get 45 minutes on the thing. Don't forget the other shows here the guys are coming back in now so we'll be back on soon but i'll just tell you about the aussie max zone it's another podcast other podcasts on the on the so on the network as it is the obsidian loft the old fart geeks and the aussie tech security which was a a show out this today so there's another episode this week of aussie tech security talking about penetration tests sounds intriguing i know you'll have to tune in and find out what that's all about now we're just waiting for eric to come back on board He's probably oh, he's probably not in the Skype. He probably didn't get the he didn't get the memo. We'll have to see if we can. I don't know what are we going to do to Eric. We'll have to. What? Oh, I don't know. We're going to have to send him an email. All right, Lang. Good timing. Here he comes. Is he coming in? Oh, there he is. He yeah, did get the he did get the memo. Good on you, Eric. Oh yeah, I'm always getting the memo. Yeah, good. <laughs> good one, Zoom. They cut you out after how long? It's forty 30 minutes. Forty-five minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes. Now, I'm just trying to uh, get the, the talking person. There we go. That might be right. All right. Are you, are you, are you going to edit this in the no, podcast? No, I, I, I did an ad instead while you were away. All right. Can I get a drink of water? Okay. <laughs> okay. I will. Uh, let's move on to something else while Eric's doing that. Um, we won't. Uh, let's have one from Shane. We haven't heard from Shane. He's sitting there nice and quiet and intrigued. Yeah, um, all right. I will. I've got a couple of Microsoft stories here. Which one do I want to do? I'll do the nice Microsoft story first, and then I'll finish off afterwards with the one oh. where people are getting upset. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> How to find a hidden battery report feature on your Windows 10 laptop. Windows 10, like its predecessor, Windows 8.1, comes with a hidden battery report feature that you can only access from the command line. The report provides detailed readouts on the usage, status, and health of the laptop's battery. To generate the report, launch a command prompt window with administrative privileges by right-clicking on the start button and choosing the command prompt admin option. And then um, I've got the actual command in the in the show notes, but it's a yeah, it's a command that you just need to type in. Yep. And uh, your finished report can be found on the root of the 
C drive or if you um, choose to specify somewhere else, wherever you specify. Now, and... does that have you tried this? No. Oh, sorry. Well, I won't ask that question. I was just going to ask if the report overwrote itself every time you used it, so you didn't get up with a, you know, a um, a really long thing. All right, that, that's very noisy, Eric. What are you doing? What's that? That's very noisy. Oh, really? Sorry, mate. Who my M and M's? All right. So sorry, Shane. Keep going. Sorry with your battery thing? Yeah, I, I guess it would depend on the naming convention. If they use something like the date in there, then you would get different. It wouldn't overwrite it because it'd be a different name of the file. Mm. But um, just to finish off, the last point is you get information on the full specifications of the installed battery as well as recent usage and battery capacity charts. Battery life estimates is an interesting section to check to see if you're actually getting the time between charges specified by the manufacturer mm. or anywhere close. Now, I guess if you don't want to stick that, if you don't, if you get sick of typing in the command uh, line every, you know, time you want to check the battery, you could probably make up a little. Uh, what are they used? To, what are they called? A batch file? Batch file. Yeah. Oh, script. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Script. Something like that's that. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, the old batch script, files. Yeah. Eh? That's old school. <laughs> yeah, this, isn't it? Do they still call them batch files? I suppose they do. <laughs> But just Only people of our age, Glenn. Yeah, probably. All right. So that's uh, interesting. And what was your other uh, Microsoft one, the, the, the one that's going to upset people or upset Microsoft? Uh, oh, yeah. Windows 7 users complain of unprovoked Windows 10 auto-upgrades. Only 7. Oh, boo-hoo. Yeah. As Microsoft auto-upgrades more PCs to Windows 10, some users are complaining that they weren't ad- adequately notified. Oh. Reports of... Oh, Windows- boo-hoo. If they get, if they had to pay for it, you could imagine the whining. Jesus. Just... Yeah, anyway, it goes on to say that the reports of unwanted Windows 10 upgrades have uh, been circulating in the past few days after the last patch Tuesday. These users uh, say that they were, they never approved of the, or, or initiated the upgrade and were dragged away from their Windows 7 or perhaps oh. Windows 8 anyway oh, and oh. reiterates what um, basically happened last October Microsoft said that they were going to change the category of update to uh, recommended and um, that was supposed to happen in early 2016 and early 2016 turned out to be February the 1st and um, it goes on to say how you can avoid it if you haven't already if you've gone if it's already kind of initiated you can back out of it by just saying you don't agree to the um, to the user agreement at the end. Right, yes. It winds it back. Right. Um, if you haven't gone past no return, you can go in and change your settings to, uh, what does it say? For users who haven't uh, upgraded yet, head to the Windows Update in Control Panel and uncheck the box under Recommended Updates, which reads, give me recommended updates the same as I receive important updates. So if you uncheck that, then it won't automatically install it for you. Uh, yeah. look, these, the whiners that are complaining about this wouldn't know how to do that, mate. Yeah, but look, there's probably, I can see some, one side of the story is that I have been out to a few people's places, especially with laptops, and where the upgrade hasn't gone well because the drivers haven't been 
uh, yep. you know, for made for Windows 10 and therefore say like function keys don't work or the special laptop keys that are around don't work. There's no drivers for it uh, unless, you know, you go scourging around the net trying to look for some generic driver that, you know, Ubu Singh made or something like this. The unfortunate thing is there are a lot of rubbish laptops out there and that's half the problem. Yeah, but look, I think they probably, what they probably could do is, yeah, okay, you're going to auto-upgrade people's laptops and machines and maybe make it pretty damn obvious like with the same sort of window uh how that you can just one click and roll back if if there's a problem yeah yeah you're right you're right or they should say you know defer until i do something opt out should be an Mm. opt out sort of situation yeah uh i think we're all on windows 10 here aren't we Stuart? you're 10 yeah that's right yeah, I'm 10, Shane's 10. And, uh, I did like Windows 7, though. I did like Windows 7. Yes, yeah, Windows... Yeah, I hated Windows 8. I didn't that mind was it. absolute rubbish. Yeah, looking back, <laughs> looking back, when I didn't like... I was probably not a fan. Eight, 8.1 was better, uh, but 8, yeah, yeah, it was a lot... It was a real... It was a different interface. It was harder to get you, around but, but, if you didn't know how to do it. At the same time, you, you didn't mind Vista either, so oh. you're an exception rather than the rule. Oh, I used Vista. <laughs> Did you use Vista? I was rubbish. <laughs> but you used it. Oh, I had no choice. You could have used XP. <laughs> oh, well, you know, after a certain point, XP was, I was standing like Steve Gibson. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I had to pour, I had to pour a thousand dollars into a machine just to get it ready for Vista. Now, um, uh, <laughs> Stuart's got a story that Shane will find interesting. Uh, Stuart, can you, what about the Stuart's got going to tell us about Uber's family oh, Uber profiles? Yeah. Is that because Shane said he was? Yeah, this is looking this at is Uber. fairly new. It's not it's not out in Australia yet, so it's just started in the US. But this is where uh, they've they have these family profiles, so you can have up to nine people. Uh, sharing your account so you can have it's it's i guess it's mainly for families so they can use your account and your payment details and so on to it's like cab charge to uh, book an air to, uh, to uh, book an uber yeah but i thought the great thing as well is that it's not restricted to your family so it really can be anyone so if you use it at work for instance and and, and you have an employee that just needs to use uber on a, on a once-off basis well you can easily get that person to do it through there and gets charged to the company credit card or something like oh, that. Yeah, so nice. yeah, well, that's a good idea. I thought that, I thought that, that seemed pretty good. Mm. The family sharing thing, they probably should call it something else because to me, if it's uh, being putting my skeptics hat on, if it's family, then you think, okay, then he knows who my wife is, who my children are, you know, and sometimes you get the same Uber driver and you think, mm, do I really want him to know all of this stuff? But as a corporate plan, works. I think it works a treat. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Uh, look, I heard on the radio, and look, and uh, look, I'm not prepared for this following story because I didn't think we we're going to talk about Uber. But I, I heard on the radio this week that they're moving into a different market again. Uh, I heard they're getting into like couriering services, and I just thought yeah. that what a what a natural progression. I'll go, I'll go, yeah. I'll go one better. In some countries, they've got Uber jets. Yeah, and helicopters. Private jet. Yes, I've heard of that. Private jet. But yeah. I mean, but just like say here, like how good is that? Like say if you're going to go for a trip to Sydney, say from Brizzy, and you get part of this Uber courier, why not chuck a couple of parcels in the back, hundred bucks or whatever, take them to Sydney, deliver them, 
if you know you got to be near where you're going of course make it work for you but deliver them and you got a hundred bucks or whatever i reckon it's a great idea curious or if you're going to jump on a plane um they say oh look who's going you know they well this is the next thing i reckon they should do right just say you're a someone that travels a fair bit you know like a business person a sales guy whatever interstate and you register your details and you're saying i'm flying on this day if anyone needs any documents sent or any parcels blah 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 um i'll take them for you Mm. and you're going there anyway that's take right. the parcels. Yeah, exactly. Pay for your trip. Well, the only oh, problem is, only problem is, I say, you beauty, um, can you send these five AK 47s yeah. in a suitcase? Please? I was just going to say, yeah, on a plane, <laughs> parcels. At the airport, they say, did you pack your own bag? And you go, well, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. They say, well, can you open it up, please? Oh, they're not mine. Oh, well, come with me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, airports and that could be a bit dodgy. But I suppose even, yeah, carrying it in the back of your car still could be dodgy. I don't, I don't know how they're going to work that. Um, how Documents, are they... I think, are safe. Yeah. Right? If you're going to do documents, like FedEx do documents all the time. We used to use FedEx all the time to send documents to and from Hong Kong 15 years ago before, you know, you know when old technology was around. Mm. And, you know, it'd be $40 to send... Uh, A4 stack, you know, stack of documents about as thick as a pad, right? Yeah. 40 bucks, shove it on the plane, it's there the very next day. Yeah. Uh, that sort of stuff would work. You know, you take that with you on the plane, shove it under your arm, put it in your bag, watch a movie, deliver yeah. it, get paid. Yeah, that's all right. That's good. That's good. Well, as long as they look, I suppose they could, they've got to verify the sender. So that probably sort of puts a bit, takes a bit of the the anonymity away, doesn't it, I, I guess? Yeah, yeah. And if you're registered as a courier, then they know then that, okay, you, you're, and this is where it probably comes in that you probably won't be um, accused of anything because the couriers now, for example, people are sending things through the post all the time. Now, they don't know what they're delivering and lots of contraband comes through the couriers and the posts and whatnot and people mm, get caught. That's right, yeah. But the courier never gets arrested for that unless he's actually in on it because yeah. they're usually ignorant of all this. So if you're registered as a courier, then mm. some of the, there's probably um, an indemnity there. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. I'm sure they'll work it all out, but it's, it's an interesting and what I thought a natural progression, but let's uh, look, let's talk about JB Hi-Fi. This will, this will make you laugh. I reckon they're training. Hang on, let me get my, let me get my nose ring. Hang on. <laughs> Training. <laughs> They're training sales leaders from across the 7,000 strong workforce to resell Telstra MBN services. Oh, that's going to be so, fun. Now, now how, how in-depth or how involved would it be to sell a internet plan? Well, I'll tell you, it must be so involved and so complex and, so, Hi-Fi can do it. and so detailed that the program is 12 weeks. They're sending 7,000 people on a 12-week program. That's three months prior. That's hard to how, much is that, how much is that going to cost? <laughs> yeah, well, who cares? That's just stupid. Like, They're going to build it as well. Yeah, sales. <laughs> They're going to build the NBN too. <laughs> <laughs> well, sales and management staff will go through a 12-week program prior to MBN being deployed in their area. Training is conducted during normal business operations and includes approximately 8 to 10 hours of content delivery. But, oh, so maybe it's just like one hour online, per week. Yeah, one weeks. hour a week, yeah, over 12 weeks, yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. But yeah, but when it's it... Gonna... 
Lexi plan stuff. I mean, they would have to answer, potentially have to answer questions at least from an overview point of view of how it works technically and, um, yeah, how the how the flexi plans work, how pro rata charges work, how mm. connection fees there are. Oh, any. I couldn't think of anything worse. Than I'd explain it to some nuff nuff. Couldn't I? Couldn't I? Couldn't think of anything worse. Oh my god! But it, but everyone knows what the internet is. You just go. This is just internet, what? but a little bit faster. Like what? What? How? How, <laughs> well, how much more do you have to explain? A, hey, Glenn, you should yeah. resell NBN, and that's your tagline, mate. Internet, but a little bit faster. <laughs> Maybe I should do the the course, but I could teach it. That that JBI guy, yeah, that's right. You and speak. you can have a little name tag. I'm Glenn. Yeah, I'm here to help. You like got Kevin Kevin O seven. Hello, my name's Kevin, and I'm here to help. Yeah, you got and, these, you got these spare nose rings, and, and I can give you uh, internet, but a little bit faster. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you, it's, you know what, Glenn? You should look into that. You could be a wholesaler for the NBN. You just all got to do yeah. is click on your website and you get all these affiliate fees. You'd be crazy not to do it. It's internet, but a little bit faster. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, good stuff. All right. Um, who wants a turn? Uh, let's oh, look, in, I'll have a turn in the, um, in the, uh, hang on. Where, where is it down here? Hang on, come on. Why is it so slow today? What? The internet is so slow. Oh, look, it's just the. Roll down the page. It's everyone. It's people starting to come on the NBN. It's all. It's, it must be. It's just slowing everyone else down. In uh, okay, here we go. Where I'm down because I'm right down the bottom. See, I didn't push in. What are you doing? I put myself down the <laughs> oh, bottom. Right. <laughs> well, you, uh, I'm still scrolling. God, how long are these stories? All right. Well, let let me let me let me do one. All right, go on. All okay, right, go on. Well, okay. Well, now I've just got to scroll to the top. But... <laughs> <laughs> but let's just do all a right, quick okay. one. No, right, here we go. No, let's do a quick no, one. Just get it out of the way. I'll do this quick uh, one to get it out of the way. All right, go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, we all know Anonymous, and we all know good old Donald Trump. Well, Anonymous have declared war on Don. They they're, um, they don't like him. They really, no, they, don't. they don't really don't like him. Um, so they, they plan to attack most of his online websites on April the 1st. Um yeah, so that they put out a video that uh, saying you can say what your current audience wants to hear, but in reality, you don't stand for anything except for your personal greed and power. The voice in the video uh, continued. A link to the YouTube video. Yeah, so blah blah blah. But the more interesting and fun fact of this story, because <laughs> there's, there's two people that I like talking about, and that is um, that Microsoft guy. What's his name? Uh, Balmer. Steve Barmer and <laughs> and John McAfee. They're two people I think are quite humorous. And the so John McAfee's weighed in and he says, I'm offering freely and without constraint my services to his campaign in helping design a cybersecurity platform that will, in the event of his election, help protect America when the cyber war that lurks on our horizon becomes a reality. So he's, oh, good on you! He's, God bless America. He's right into it, but um, but look, I don't know, I don't know. Just a quick comment on that. Look, if anonymous, I don't know. I think they're on the wrong train here. I think if they're so up in arms about everything, run for the run for the office yourselves. Just do something. You yourself. can't because they're anonymous. Well, that's right. And I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I mean. Like it's just. To me, you know, you want to you want to push all this stuff out. Well, do it in the proper way. Go and get elected, and, and then... oh yeah, but they're activists, mate. They they that's what they do. They they yeah. stir the pot. Yeah. All right. Have you got your story? 
Right, back to the if anyone cares section. <laughs> Apple Watch 2 release date. No, no one does uh, care. It'll be announced for March 21, and that's it. Next story. Okay, uh, Steve <laughs> Bulmer doesn't like him. Uh, who, Shane, what what is this you got, please? I'm done. Oh, you're done? Okay, well, uh, let's go to Stuart. What else have you got? Yeah, I've just got a quick one. It's a bit of a follow-up from, I think it was last week we were talking about robots and, oh, yes. and humans uh, being a bit wary of, of robots and, yes. and uh, all that sort of thing. Well, there's been a study done and they, they reckon that building your own robot makes you love it more. Oh, and so they're dubbing good. it. That's, that's already <laughs> creepy. <laughs> well, they're, they're dubbing it the Ikea effect and they're saying that you feel better about something if you've just built it yourself. True. Well, that's true. And, and so they, so they have done this study where they, uh, people who took part in the study uh, on this robot assembly tended to feel more positive about the machines if they helped to make them. Hmm. So I thought, that was, I thought that was quite an interesting... Um, well, I suppose, uh, yeah, if, if you can... Uh, what, so I suppose you probably wouldn't be able to mould, say, the face because that would be just a pre-packaged, pre-moulded thing. But I suppose, yeah, to put it all together, like, as that, as I was saying before, uh, you know, when we are talking about the Dick Smith, and who was it? R- Ruslan went down to his local Dick Smith, he bought the electronic bits, put it all together, and I, I remember making a radio like that, you know, and all that Yeah, I made stuff. a radio. Yeah, and that was good fun. I had I had little buzzers on my bedroom door, so if anyone went in, they go, meep, <laughs> so I knew if anyone was going in or out. Yeah, I um, wanted to make one of those, and my parents said, "Nah, you're going to keep everyone up. Every time someone walks yeah. through, you're going to drive us crazy." Uh, I think my dad put his foot I, into I wanted, it. I wanted it. I wanted to turn it into a silent one. Oh, you're right. Electrocuted, electrocuted you when you walked through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I guess that 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 um that is probably right. There would you would make you make you feel good. A sense of achievement. That's what. That's what. Yeah. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, though, because I reckon as well that if you have troubles building the robot, well, then you then you don't feel positively about it. You actually feel um, negatively about the, the robot if you had troubles building it. You know, if, then you kill it. Then you kill yeah, the robot. Then you, it. you could get a sledgehammer to it. That'll make you feel better. Sledgehammer. Then you feel good. I feel good now. That's right. So yeah. So that's good. That's good. And um, all right, that's Shane. Do you want to build a robot? No. Uh, uh, no, I saw that episode of um, Big Bang where, uh, what's his name, Howard had that problem with the robot hand and it got stuck on a certain part of his body. Oh, right. Okay. And I didn't, don't watch that show. Sorry. Look, just quickly, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a, you call yourself, call got yourself a, a bloody geek or a nerd. Yeah, I don't, I don't get time yeah, for that. Watching Doctor Who. I don't even watch, well, it's not on this year, unfortunately. Uh, look. Oh, no. I know, Victoria trial satellite scans to detect water leaks from space. How's this how's this stuff? They're, so they've, they've yeah, they've pumped up they've they've pushed up a couple of satellites up there. You know, let me get the to, little... to, to detect what what water leaks? So like if you say hey, I got a roof leak and you get run your satellite above my place. The Minister what? for Environment, Climate Change and Water, Lisa Neville, says up to 160 million litres of drinking water is lost to leaks in Victoria every day. This equates to 12% of the total annual water revenue for Victoria. Now, Victoria's 17 water corporations and Vic Water, they've all got together with an Israeli company called Utilis, and they undertake that they to undertake a pilot in December that would verify whether they could, in fact, detect leaks through scans from space. Now, apparently this thing is going to do a 3,000-square-kilometre area of North Melbourne, 
uh, it was scanned. So it already has been scanned as a more of a, um, I don't know, a, a, a pre, a, a pre, um, a, a pre thingy, pre test or whatever. So north part of this North Melbourne was scanned from the Alos Two satellite operated by Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency. And it's orbiting around 650 kilometers above the ground. Now, microwave reflectionary or reflect reflectometry. I can't even say it. Reflectometry using electromagnetic signals with a wavelength that can penetrate the ground is deployed by the satellite system to detect a spectral signature that matches drinking water. So apparently, this satellite has already picked up leaks as small as 85 to 246 milliliters per minute. It's found 18 leaks in just four days. So how's that? How's that stuff? Well, going? that's not bad. But that's amazing. I think it might be barking up the wrong tree because when it rains, where does all the water go? No one traps it. No one stores it. No one. It just runs straight down your gutters into the stormwater, right? There's number yeah. one. Yeah. But uh, the... Number two, build more dams. Yeah, well, that's that's right. Yeah, that's right. We do need more dams. Like... I can understand finding the leaks, but that's mm. like... Uh, Putting a band-aid on a bullet hole. Yes, yeah, but but, but you've got, you got to take the bullet out. But I think finding the leaks is is good as well. I suppose you could look well, at it's it. Important. Yeah, you've you got to do it because you will you do waste a lot of water. Yeah, but if you don't want to worry too much about oh my god we're losing water, all the stuff that comes out of your um and look, off your roof. Yeah, well, if it's drinking water that's leaking, and this is what it's trying to find, well, that stuff's already been processed and everything, so it's taken a lot of energy to process it and to to well, that's clean true. it and all that. So, look, that's a, that's a good idea, but I, I totally agree we need more dams. I can't understand why they don't build them. Probably. I don't understand. They're, so, they're, they're, they're quick, they're easy, and they're relatively inexpensive. Yeah, I know that... The technology we've got today. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If, if, if they have that technology, how come they haven't worked out how to find MH370 yet? It just seems like good, that they've been searching good for question. Earth, I'll tell you how. Years. I'll tell you why, Stuart, because man never really went on the moon. That's why. <laughs> oh, here it goes. Rightio. So, next story. <laughs> next story. You're right. Foxtel. Right, who's got more? I've got a couple more. Uh, Stuart, do you have any more? I've just got one quick one, Glenn. All right, well, I'll, I'll, do, quick... I'll do this one, then we'll do your one, and then we'll yep. finish up. Okay, so no Fox, Foxtel Video Roadshow, what IP addresses, URL piracy site blocking. Getting tongue-tied. Now, apparently Foxtel, so what this is all about is Foxtel Village Roadshow, Telstra, Optus, TPG, and M2, whoever they are, appeared in court this week as part of the first test of a new legislation allowing rights holders to apply for an order to have piracy facilitating websites blocked for Australian users. Now look, this is probably just a again one of those the natural progression of things. I I can't understand what hasn't been done. Like not I'm not saying I agree with it, but I uh, like from a you know personal point of view, but I, I don't understand why why haven't they bought, blocked the pirate bay dot com. I know they did that, then it turned up at dot se, but why don't they just block it, blanket through the whole thing. But anyway uh, but that's apparently a bit of a, they can't really work out what they want to do, how to block it. The two content owners uh, launched for court action seeking to make use of the website blogging, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So Foxhill and Roadshow are separately seeking to restrict local access to the Pirate Bay, Solar Movie, Torrance and Torrent Town. And that must be supposed to be Torrent Hound, not Torrent Town. And ISO Hunt websites. I thought ISO Hunt closed down. And then a, Ages ago. 
Yeah, and then a yeah. copy of it came up or something, didn't it? Someone took a copy of it and kept it going somehow. But uh, yeah, so anyway, so anyway, those websites. But the ISPs have put forward their case for blocking at the domain name system level, while Foxtel and Roadshow are pushing for blocking of IP addresses and URLs. So, yeah. I, what, what's the point in blocking an IP address? Not much. You wouldn't. Not be, much, really. Yeah, you'd be best to, I reckon, block at the the DNS level. That might. Have the been. Um, funny thing is, I didn't realise how you know. I know lots of people use Pirate Bay. I don't. But I was at a my hairdresser a few weeks ago, and this lady was cutting my hair, and she was about fifty mm. something, maybe. And she was saying that she can't get Foxtel in her apartment. Um, and when she got Foxtel, they put a satellite dish up, and the, strat- the strata didn't like it, so she take it, had to take it down. So she said, "Oh, so I just watch." And then she said, "I so I just watch movies of Pirate Bay." Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> You're fifty. I'm thinking, what? Yes, but look, people do it, eh? Like there's and there, there's a box out now. You can get them on eBay. They're they're jailbroken. I can't remember the name of them. They used to be. They used to run XBMC uh, before the name yeah, Cody. Cody. Yeah, that's Cody. It. Yeah. yeah, and apparently these little Cody boxes, they're jailbroken. You can just do whatever you want. Apparently. And then what they've got like uh, what's called. Private VPN, so no one can know that it's you that's downloading that sort of thing. I think they just have extra plugins that can plug into Cody that then link into these other sort of uh, pirate websites, so mm. you can stream movies. Yes, yeah, well, what about what about the um can the can the ISP detect that that's what you're doing? I don't think so. Well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. But it's no, probably a bit like that popcorn time as well. That was there was uh, that comes and goes popcorn time. Have you heard about that one? That's that. Yeah, that's, I've heard about that one. Yeah, so. Yes, yes, yes. I'd added it about that one. Yeah, so that's Cody. That's right. I think, like, the box are only about 100 bucks on eBay, but I think you've got to get the jailbroken one. I'm not telling you how to do it or anything. Now, um, Stuart, yes, what was your final story, please? Just a really quick one. Just uh, that um, the drone Grand Prix that we were talking oh, about. Oh, yes. Uh, has, been, has been raced and won. Has won by 15 year old Luke Bannister, won 250,000 in Dubai. Wow. How's Is that, Eric? Yeah, I'll well, link there in the... Um, You'll be a coke addict in a month, that bloke. Yes. All that money. Sorry, uh, a link? Yeah, there's a there's a YouTube link that I've just put in the show notes that just shows um, some of the final race. But they had a really interesting sort of a racetrack that it looked like a kind of a, like a skeletal spinal type sort of a, a track that sort of moved and undulated around as the as the drones are going around it was it was it was quite interesting and uh mm. yeah it's... it was all it was all, it was all at night times i, I want to see i want to see quidditch that's what i want to see oh yeah <laughs> but remember eric i said I drone racing you would have remembered uh, me saying. just the beginning mate let's just see it's the longevity that counts mate all well, right the next one is in hawaii this uh this october all right let's save our money Let's get over there. <laughs> now, uh, look, I'll just finish on, oh, just, geez, with a real couple of quickies because I know we're running over time. Uh, Optus is going to launch a 24-hour EPL channel. Yay for all the soccer fans, uh, but apparently only for Optus customers. So it's getting, Australia's getting the first... You watch 20- how many complaints they get because no one can get on because the bandwidth's so terrible. So Australia is getting the first 24-hour soccer channel. You need to be an Optus customer. It will deliver the games, including an EPL app, website, and subscription TV channel for Fetch. Uh, it's going to share it with the SBS, 
And if you want it, you can go to the Optus website, register your interest online. No idea yet how much it's going to cost. So it's, it's going to cost you, not just, you don't get it for free because you're Optus customer. And over in London next month at St. Bartholomew's Hospital, they are going to stream an operation on a cancer patient in 360-degree video so that it can be viewed by anyone in the world with a virtual reality headset, even if your headset is Google Cardboard. So the <laughs> the live stream is let the live stream is set to be a world first. So yeah. it's a bit macabre, isn't it? Well, it's, it's probably be interesting, but um, yeah, whether or not you can sit oh. there and watch it, I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch some poor bloke getting operated on for cancer, and what if he something happens on his on the table, and he flatlines? Well, the whole world's going to be broken. That's always the problem, isn't it? Now, look, just to um, to end off, look, I've got a, a, something funny for Eric to have a look at. Now, we all know that Eric refers to Tim Cook as the cookie monster. And do you know what, Eric? Yeah. Is fair dinkum, Apple have been listening to you. They have... They, <laughs> I'm not joking. I am not joking. <laughs> I am not joking. Because, can you see the video? Can you see the... Are you watching the YouTube stream, Eric? I'm watching the stream. I will but show... But it's a little bit delayed. Okay. Well, I will show you something that Apple has put out on the Apple YouTube channel, and it's an iPhone six timer ad. So this is how this is how Apple's iPhone six timer ad goes. Hey Siri, Let's see it. Can you share the screen? No. You can share hey, your Siri, screen, Glenn. Can you hear it? On the... No. Can anyone hear me? I can hear you, Glenn, uh, Shane. You can share the screen. Why don't you share the screen? Yeah, I can't. Doesn't matter. I'll put the link in the show notes because that's going to be too much mucking around. But um, I right, put it on. Put it. Put it in the chat. The um, document chat. All right. Hang on. We'll put it in here, and we'll let. <laughs> oh, it's in the show notes. Um, oh yeah, I can see it now. Yep. I'll highlight it. There we go. Now I'll Is play that the top. Oh, halfway down, I suppose. Now, look, we've got to um, sort of hurry a bit because we've got another... We're going to get kicked off again in a minute. But have you got it? <laughs> no. Yeah, I can see it. I highlighted Where'd it. Where'd you put it? I highlighted it. What colour? What colour? Go to Apple of Points. See in the outline? Yeah. Go Apple of Points in the outline Apple. down the left-hand side. <laughs> oh, I can't see it. Look, I'm going to put in a line of really big letter A's, okay? And see if you can see it now. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay. Right, now you watch that, and I'll play it again for the people on the on the podcast, okay? Right. Oh. Hey, Siri, set timer for 14 minutes. That's hilarious. Okay, Hang on. 14 minutes and counting. Waiting for cookies. Hey, What's wrong with my internet tonight? Thank you. We'll get a takedown because of this. <coughs> Doesn't matter. Hey Siri. I'm I'm not uh, so hungry for cookies. 
Hey Siri, check the timer. Here's the timer. So, Eric, turn that down. All right, we're so professional. All right. Eric, turn that down. All right, bring it back. Right, yeah. So, so anyway. They have been listening, finally. So you get the idea. So people on the on the audio, it was just the Apple's brought out an iPhone 6s timer ad, and it utilized and it t- used the talents of the Cookie Monster to. Uh, he was baking cookies and all that, and he was asking <laughs> Siri to to make uh, set the time and timers and all that sort of stuff. So look, there's a link to it in the show notes. It probably didn't work as well as I wanted it to work because <laughs> no one could hear it or see it on the panel. But anyway, go and have a look at it. It's pretty funny. Okay, so uh, that's all we've got. For this week, so uh, thank you, Eric, for coming on. And, Welcome, uh, sir. Hopefully, we'll see you again next week. Yes, indeed. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, it's Easter next week, isn't it? What Easter? I think it might be. That's yeah. right. Yep, all right. Next week. All right. Are we all good for next Thursday night? Thursday night. Um, we might have to. That should be good. Yeah, might I think have... it's all right. Yeah, might have to move it to Wednesday if people get caught up. Yeah, so I think it should be. We'll keep it at Thursday, and if no yeah. one really can make it, well, we'll think about moving it. But anyway, at this stage, let's go for Thursday. Thanks, Shane, for coming in. Thanks for your stories no and all that sort of stuff. Thanks for streaming with your new NBN toys. That's excellent. So I think we, we, we'll work out how to get the how to get the stream uh, notification around so everyone knows where the live stream's coming from. And Stuart, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Glenn. No problems at all. We'll see you guys next week. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Don't forget that it gets on the iTunes and all the other shows that have punched out an episode this week. And the AussieTechRadio.com. Until next episode, it's a bye for now. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye.